Hi, everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. I have my most favorite and most frequent guest with me today. By default. What do you mean by default? Because we're married. But that doesn't, like, you don't <laughs> automatically get to be my favorite person yeah, just because you're married to me. No, but the most frequent part. We're in the same industry. We're in the same space. We serve together. It sounds like you we said we together. surf together. We're not that cool. We surf <laughs> no, together. I can barely surf. No, I don't like to surf. I can body surf. That's great. I like to live by the beach. <laughs> I like to do that too. <laughs> so we are here today to answer some more questions about love, sex, relationships, and intimacy. We did a group coaching call on 11-11, which was a very popular one. We're probably going to do another one because we had so many questions. So we're going to do another one in December. But we had a lot of people that typed in on the Q&A that had awesome questions that we didn't get to. We promised everybody on the call that we would answer them on a podcast. And if you want to snatch up the actual full call that we did, the 90-minute call where we taught a little bit about love, sex, and relationships, you can do that at christinehassler.com slash group coaching replays. And that's where you can get access on all the group coaching calls that I've done, including that last one on 11.11 that was a really juicy one. Before we dive in, we want to extend a special invitation to all the ladies. And sorry to exclude anyone, but sometimes you need special events for certain groups. (laughs) And because we're gearing up to enroll our next Be the Queen program, which is for women who are calling in their match, their man who really meets them on all levels for a conscious relationship. We're hosting a free breathwork and meditation call on November 24th at 5 p.m. Pacific. And you can access that at christinehassler.com slash free call. Anyone can join. We are going to be specifically talking about what it's like to be a woman who's seeking a better relationship with herself, who's wanting to be in a relationship. I've heard from so many of my incredible listeners that navigating COVID single has been really, really challenging and you're, you're, you're ready for a partner. And I will say, I said to you so many times, babe, over this whole thing, I'm so lucky that we're Mm. in this relationship because I would have had a really hard time navigating this alone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I chuckled to myself and you said, and, and we, and I thought, I'm not a female, but. <laughs> oh, and I say I we. No, no. <laughs> but I'm going to, I'm excited about this call because I, I get to provide a, a perspective from a male. Yeah. 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 And that's really and why I love, space. yeah, that's why I love teaching the program with you because if I was just teaching and we have I, we have lots of programs that are open to everyone this is just a specific niche program because it was something you know calling in Steph and being single for as long as I was part of which I chose and I enjoyed but there were many years where I was really longing and ready for a partner and it was hard it was hard because having a conscious relationship we were just talking about this the other morning has always been something I really really desired I wanted to experience that and not having it, was, was challenging. And so this program is very, very close to my heart. And I love teaching it with you because you can answer questions about male behavior Mm. that I can guess at, but I can't answer. And you also hold such a beautiful space of a healthy masculine and the women really get to be vulnerable in that program. And, you know, you get to hold the space for them. So just, we might be confusing people. We're talking about two different things. So we have a free call on the 24th 
that is christinehauser.com slash free call. And then the program we're talking about is a three-month immersive journey that we teach live. It's not a bunch of recorded videos. And we're taking applications now. It fills up quickly. And that's christinehauser.com slash be the queen if you're interested in that. Yeah. And to also note that that free call, we're going to go a little deep. Yeah. And we're sure. going to help you get a little unstuck. Yep. And like I said, anyone can join, but we are specifically going to be talking mm. about the topic of being a single woman or a woman who's maybe not in a great relationship and wanting to be more loving to yourself, having a better relationship with yourself and maybe get clarity on your current relationship. Uh, but but anyone can join. Just know that we're going to be teaching specifically on that. Mm. So let's we dive into these questions, babe. Yeah. You want me to read out your first question? Yeah. Yeah, I'll read it out for you. I've been single for about four years and have dated a few guys afterwards. The pattern seems to be that they tell me they want a relationship, but then a few months in, they either change their mind or just don't know what they want. My question is, how can I spot this early on? Or is there anything differently that I can do for that? I feel like I'm very upfront with them about wanting a relationship. Any advice is appreciated. Oh, I know this one so well. I know this one so well. And this kept happening to me too. And I realized that I had a part in it. And what I mean by that is there was a part of me that really wasn't fully open. I was still attached to the kind of person I wanted. And a lot of that want was coming from my ego and coming from my insecurities. And my heart really wasn't open and surrendered to meeting the person who truly was my best match. Because I think like a lot of you, anyone who's single, you get an idea of what you want, you make your lists and all that is fine and well in a lot of ways, but it can also be limiting because you're coming from a place of attachment. And so we're not sharing names here, but what I'd say to this woman is really get first get clear inside yourself. Are you really attracting men who are in full alignment with what is in your highest good? Or are you still sort of attracting from your issues, from your list, from your attachment to the way you think it should be? And in terms of spotting it early on, you know, I, I can answer this now because things were so different with Steph from any other man. If they're not consistent, if they're not decisive, if they don't continue to show up, if they're not giving you feedback on how much they enjoy being with you, if there's not that active pursuit, and if you don't feel really safe from the beginning, those are usually some signs that they're probably not in the same place you are. Yeah. Next question. In a previous relationship, I suffered from some pretty serious sexual trauma. I've been in a committed and wonderful partnership with my fiancé for two years and it's been incredibly healing in so many ways. However, I find I'm still having a really hard time voicing my needs when it comes to sex. It's something he's aware of and has been so patient with me and open to uh, whatever he can do to help. This is something I've been trying to be better at and practice, but it doesn't feel natural and I'm often just left feeling uncomfortable. Just wondering if you have any tips, suggestions, or resources to help me grow into this space and navigate voicing my needs more frequently and with more ease. Sexual trauma, especially serious sexual trauma, as you mentioned, is just, oh, it's just such a tough one. 
It's such a tough one. And, and I'm not saying that in terms of you're doomed and this is insurmountable. I'm really saying this from a place of compassion. And even though two years may seem like a lot, you've got many, many years of having that sexual trauma in your body and your nervous system and your subconscious before that. So it may take some time. What I would recommend, because one of the many things that happens with sexual trauma is we lose a sense of empowerment. We feel like something has been taken away from us and we felt very powerless and helpless in those situations and overpowered by someone else, which is why pursuing your own self-pleasure, really coming home to your own sexuality on your own without your partner is such an important part of the healing. It's hard to voice our needs to a partner when we don't really know what they are and we haven't really come home to our own body. You know, I'm I'm really loving the work lately of Kim Anami. You can um, look her up. She has a podcast and she has lots of courses and she's she's really a, a sex educator and expert and teaches both men and women to find their true sensuality and sexuality and come home to their body. But I know that even personally speaking, sex with someone else, specifically my husband, is better because I did a lot of self-exploration and and really had a nourishing, healthy sex life with myself and took power back over my own body. And that has given me the ability to speak up more and speak my needs more. So what I would suggest to you is instead of focusing on your sex life with your fiance, really come home to you, explore your own body, figure out what feels good. Look up Kimaname or, and there's so many women out there educating women on how to heal sexual trauma and how to get back into your body. Because one of the ways we heal sexual trauma is through pleasure that feels safe. And the safest pleasure we can give ourselves is with ourselves. And that will bring us back to a feeling of empowerment. The more you take your power back, the easier it will be to speak your needs. Let's turn to some questions for you, my okay. love. So these are two questions, but they're similar. So I'm going to read them both. Okay. What if feminine, this is for, these are from men. What if feminine energy is stronger in me and masculine energy is stronger in my wife? And then from someone else, a similar question. Can you provide some steps to help me increase my masculinity in my relationship with my wife? I am often in my feminine more often than I'd like. So this is important to clarify that these energies reside within um, all of us. And I, I know I may sound like a broken record saying that, but it's important to put that at the forefront of our mind before we start exploring these very complex notions of how we behave in the world. And what we're essentially looking at is attraction and sexual dynamics, polarity dynamics, right? And so the question, if, if what if my feminine energy is stronger in me and masculine energy is stronger in my wife, what does that actually mean? Well, it's not a bad thing or a good thing. However, if that's not working in your dynamic, if your wife is wanting to be more in her feminine, you're wanting to be more in your masculine, then it can be a problem if that's not happening. So what I recommend here is that the masculine takes the lead. The, the individual that wants to be more in that masculine energetic of leadership and assertiveness and, and presence and groundedness and being the pole that is like that North Star has to put that effort in. And what happens is the polarities or the balance starts to even itself out naturally over time. Now, there'll be kinks at the beginning and there'll be challenges at the beginning. 
However, if that individual that wants to cultivate a stronger masculine energy makes the decision and part of that masculine energy is being decisive, is being clear, is not being left in doubt and confusion, taking responsibility for one's doubt and confusion, and not that the opposite, by the way, is the feminine that just resides in confusion and doubt. It doesn't work that way. But that masculine energetic has to be clear and decisive. So let's talk about some steps. One of the ways that the masculine often loses its power is through a lack of confidence in self. So low self-worth, low self-esteem. Now, these are human experiences that we have. They're not reserved just for men or women or for the masculine energetic. What can really help men come back into their masculine energetic is something that we call micro-commitments to self on a daily basis that lead to greater sense of self and a greater sense of confidence. For example, structure and routine can be very helpful, accompanied by a focus on one's vision or purpose or what they value. Let me give you an example. So the structure and the routine part could be a commitment to exercise the body every day, even if it's just 20 minutes. Maybe it's going for a walk, maybe it's doing some calisthenics, maybe it's going to the gym, whatever it may be, maybe it's joining a boxing class, but building confidence in your body, taking yourself through physical challenges and proving to yourself that you can overcome and move through those challenges on a regular basis. That structure and routine can be very, very empowering for you. It gives you back that sense of confidence. The routine piece, commit to waking up at a particular time, having a specific morning and an evening routine. All of this demonstrates discipline, responsibility, commitment. These are attributes that the feminine values in partnership. It's very, very important that we commit to these over a longer period of time, i.e. consistency, that allows that consistency to be perceived as safe. Now, the focus on the vision and the purpose part is really, really important because when a man feels lost, he usually becomes very desperate in his energetic. He becomes needy and codependent as opposed to interdependent and clear on who he is. What he will usually do is pull at what feels safe and that usually becomes the partner. Now, the partner has to assume responsibility for his well-being. That can become really tricky. Remember we did we mm. went through a little bit of that when we when we at the beginning of our relationship when I was going through some really difficult emotional times, mm -hmm. I didn't know what to cling to. And so I clung to what was safe, which was you, which mm -hmm. put a lot of pressure on you as the feminine pole, but also just as a human being. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big energy. Yeah. And, and, and you know, most men can be big energy, and that was a lot of pressure on you. So what what happened? What had to happen? You I, couldn't be in your feminine. No, flow, I had to go to more of my masculine. And you had to start taking care of business, which built right. resentment. Right. right, And when I say taking care of business is taking care of household responsibilities, taking care of me. Mm -hmm. Like I became a baby. I became like a kid. <laughs> and it's because I was going through a real dark night of you the soul. And, and and again, we we both knew we were go I was going into that, but we didn't realise it, it would be so right. intense. We didn't. And that was, that was an example. And so what really kept me focused were my practices, my breath work, my meditation, my reaching out to other coaches and mentors. Exercising. Exercising was a non-negotiable for me. I would always move my body because that kept me – somewhat sane being in nature i would really you know and i would also at that time albeit very difficult i would focus on my passions that was serving my clients being in my power creating my business like establishing my life here in the u.s that gave me reprieve and so this is really really important that men move into a place where they're focused on what's important to them and trust they have to trust 
that that outcome will begin to shift the poles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's answer one together. I'll read it. This is similar to one that I answered on my own, but I'd love to get your viewpoint on okay. it. So uh, this is from a woman. For the past several months, I've been dating. I'm in a pattern where we meet, go out a few times, all is well, says how much she likes me, likes spending time with me, is attracted to me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then he disappears. This has literally happened six times in a row. At this point, as soon as the guy says he likes me, my mind is already thinking I'm never going to see him again. What should I do? Yeah. So I'm, I'm sorry that's happening and that's occurring in your life and that's tough. Right, because the first thing that I feel when, and that comes to me when, Christine, you're reading that is, is self-worth, right? And it's really it's really amplified and exemplified in the, the statement, my mind is already thinking, well, I'm never going to see him again. Mm. And so, you know, we are the common denominators in our experiences. This isn't about blaming or shaming. This is about responsibility and empowering. Because when we empower ourselves and we realize that we are the common denominators, we give ourselves an opportunity to make different choices. So what I really feel here is low self-worth, low self-esteem, like that you are not good enough to experience going on a date and having that consistency and having someone care for you and love you. So starting there is going to be really, really important, knowing your worth. Make a list of what value you bring to life, to, to your friend's life or to, to your friend's lives, sorry and to the relationships that you're currently in. Here's a really neat exercise that I like, and this blew me away when I did this, and I've done this a few times during my life. Tears, Mm. tears and very emotional because we're talking about self-worth and we're relational beings. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah, you know, the journey of self-love is an important one and the key relationships in our lives act as mirrors. They act as reference points on our map. And so invite two, three, four of your friends that you really care about. Invite them over for dinner. Make them dinner. Make just have order in. Order in. Whatever <laughs> you want to do. You don't have to make dinner, but yeah, order in if you want. But my point is get intimate with a few friends. But let them know that you're asking them there for a specific reason. Yes, to see them and have fun with them and and, and, and laugh and all of that. But because you you really want their feedback on something that's very important to you. And you can sit around in a circle and go to each person and ask them to tell you three things that they really like about you that's really important they see in you and that and why and go around and really absorb that really get that and then reflect on that and bring that energy into dating bring that level of self-worth into dating and that level of deservability Mm, I love that. And another way you can do that is just an email. If you're not meeting in person or your friends are all over the world or whatever, sure. like send a yeah. note do, out. Do a, uh, a Zoom, a video Zoom, but do a video. Let, yeah. Really see that person. Take it in, yeah. really receive. And I agree with all that. And I just want to add one other thing because sometimes it's about us and sometimes it's just part of the process. Mm. And when I look back on all the dudes that I was like obsessed with and really liked and would get so excited when they text and nervous when they didn't and blah, blah, blah. I really saw that everyone was a step toward the one. Everyone was a step toward the one. And so if you can just look at this as kind of a process of elimination, and maybe you're just cycling through a lot of these men that maybe you have karma with, or you're working out something. And I think really the important thing is how you react to it. So if this happens again, when the guy disappears, Mm. instead of going, he ghosted me again, I can't trust men and losing faith, go up one more down, I'm closer. 
it's almost like mile markers. If you were running a marathon, it's like, oh, I'm at mile 13. Okay, cool. I'm at mile 17. Okay, I'm at mile 20. Only a few more to go. If you can shift your orientation to how this is happening, I think that that will create a lot of change too. So if you do both things, really take Steph's suggestion, get those positive reflections of how worthy you are, fill that self-worth tank. I think that will help you take on my suggestion of really seeing this as, okay, process of elimination, I'm a step closer and react and respond to it differently. I think it will create the space for that woman to have the new perspective. Absolutely. That's great. And that new perspective is essential. So another one for you, babe. Mm. Can you provide tools on how the masculine can better engage with my beloved who's an empath? Oh, I love that question. <laughs> so thoughtful. Yeah, presence, consistency. I mean, you're not married to an empath or anything. <laughs> you don't know anything about this. <laughs> he, he's got to want to get to know you. Mm. He, that has to be a sincere intention. And he has to hold that safe space. So being volatile, being judgmental, doubting that empathy that you hold, that's not going to be helpful. So what's going to be helpful is asking questions. How are you feeling? What's going on with you today? Are you feeling the world? How can I help? And not fixing. And not fixing. Just being curious. When the masculine is curious, the masculine is in an explorative state. That there creates an openness in the feminine to be willing to be seen. Empaths are really, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an, empath an empath as well too. in different ways. And, you know, we can become very fearful of the world because it can be really overwhelming. It's a yeah. lot. Yeah. And when we have support, when we're seen and we're not judged and we're not trying to be fixed, even if we have big emotions or we're feeling anger or sadness or overwhelm, whatever it is, just the holding of the space, even if, even if your partner just stood tall, breathed slow and breathed deeply and gazed at you in your eyes and said, I'm here for you, what do you need? That in and of itself would probably be more than enough. And if that was done over and over again in a consistent way and you knew you could rely on that response, your em empathetic ways, it's not a, and it's not about changing you, you want to be empathetic. It's a superpower. But the shadow side of that is intense overwhelm and retracting mm -hmm. from the world. Mm -hmm. And that would happen less and less and less. And that's the beauty of and the healing nature of intimate communion and healthy conscious relationships. And I'll just pipe in. One of the things that you really helped me do is you just, you're grounded in your masculine, you're grounded in the earth and you just give me a hug. Mm. And it, it just, you just let me fall into you. And there doesn't need to be words that are spoken or you'll see, you'll notice that I'm, I'm watching a movie that I'm feeling, or I'm feeling the world or something's happened and, or we're facilitating and I really like I'm feeling someone. There doesn't need to be words. You just, you just hold, you just hold. And it's not like you're denying your feelings. And sometimes we're feeling things together as mutual empaths. But I think especially if you're a man asking this question, just holding that safe space because empaths feel overwhelmed. We feel like on some level it's our job to take care of the world. And so just really feeling taken care of, not in a codependent way, but in just a really healthy, supportive way helps as well. Yeah. So another one for both of us. Do you want to read this one? Yeah. My boyfriend would have sex all the time. While my libido has been very down for the last year, he doesn't want me to force myself to have sex to please him. And at the same time, I don't want to feel guilty if my libido is lower than his. What can we do? 
So the first thing I would say to the woman in this relationship is get some labs <laughs> because a lot of times why our libido is low is, is physical. There's something going on with your thyroid, with your testosterone. So rule that out first because any other advice that we're going to give you, if there's something off biochemically, it's like, it's going to be harder to do what we suggest. And I see this time and time again with women, including myself. And when there's little tweaks that can be made, it's like, oh, wow. Also for the woman, track your cycle. I, I had a, a Lisa Vitti on my show probably six, eight months ago. You can research that. But she talks all about cycle syncing and you can really pay attention to your cycle and like lean into the times around ovulation where you're naturally going to be a little hornier and really take advantage of that time and work with your hormones. In general, this is a massive generalization and it's not 100% true at all. So I, I, I'm saying this is a generalization. And I think a lot of this has been conditioning, not really the way we are. So because I think of how women have been conditioned, our libido is generally lower than men, but I don't think that's a hundred percent necessarily true. So the practical things, get things tested, pay attention to your cycle, and also really back to getting to know yourself and your own sensuality and sexuality, you might not be one of those people that's just like ready to go. You might need more foreplay, more sensuality. You might need to be teased more throughout the day with little flirty messages or things like that. It's like, how do you work with this? And for the man, and maybe you can speak to this, like it can be a challenge for him. Be like, look, I want to have sex with you. Let's, let's like play with those things to get my libido up. Whenever couples look, especially in our sex lives, whenever we look at something like a problem, it just creates more distance and more shame. We already have enough shame around our sexuality. But if we can really look at it like, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for us to have an even better sex life, for us to get to know each other better. You know, your sex life has to keep evolving. So try not to look at it like a problem. Yeah, I'm not going to add too much to that because that's really empowering information. I will just say this from a place of perspective. I hear you that you're saying your libido has been very down for the last year. But what's to say that your libido isn't quote-unquote normal and your partner's is super, super high? Yeah. And neither is wrong or right. It's not about that. So it's just about perspective and it is about working together. I think conversations about this, honest, earnest conversations, vulnerable conversations about how you're feeling with respect to this, how he's feeling as well is very, very important. But not to overwhelm you with too much information, start where Christina said and, and just be mindful of the perspective here. Yeah, and just one thing on the emotional level, like what have you swept under the rug in the relationship? Because what can definitely kill a libido is unspoken words, resentments, grudges, things that you haven't forgiven. I mean, talk about an anti-aphrodisiac is all of those things. So you may need a little relationship detoxing to get some of those things that maybe you've swept under the rug or haven't forgiven out because the low libido is often a symptom of those repressed emotions. Yeah. And, you know, in our society, we, we value quantity over quality so, so often. And it's really important that we don't look at quantity as this benchmark for a healthy relationship because it will ebb and flow. And that is normal for it to ebb and flow. We have one more question left. 
But before we do, I want to talk about one of my favorite, favorite things in the world, which is my Organifi products. I covet my Organifi Gold. It's this delicious superfood turmeric latte thing that's just, I'm giving my description, not their description. That's just amazing. Organifi, let me tell you about Organifi. I got so excited about telling you about Organifi Gold is a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with high quality ingredients, super high quality ingredients. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving. You want to talk about the green juice? You love the green. Yeah, I I do like the green. (laughs) So like Organifi green juice um, with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. It helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels, which mine, my testosterone yes. levels are super good. But and <laughs> I was so want to make that very, I'm very proud because so I'm super natural. Came home from the throwing the lab test results and he was around like, like my boss. Look at these testosterone results, and I was like, but okay. my cortisol in the evening and in the morning is a little higher than it should be, and got to nip that in the bud. Yeah, and Organifi greens are helping, and we love the way they taste. Yeah. We take them when we travel. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a superfood tea that supports rest and relaxation. That's the Organifi Gold. Oh, sorry, that's the Organifi Gold. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, you got excited. You're trying yeah. to read my line. Yeah, <laughs> and each Organifi blend is super easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your beverage while you're on the go. I always take them on the plane. Get our water bottles, which unfortunately. You have to buy plastic in the airport, which <laughs> drives me crazy. But dump them in there, mix it up, and we got our greens for the day. So Organifi really, really takes pride in offering the best tasting superfood products on the market at a price that works out to less than $3 a day. You can experience Organifi's high quality superfoods without breaking the bank. Go to Organifi, that's O R G A N. IFI.com slash over it. And then use the code over it for 20% off any item in the store. It's a big discount. Hmm. Again, Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it. And then use the promo code over it for 20% off. All right. I will read the last question. We've been married for three years. Hubby has erectile dysfunction for over 10 years, long before he met me, and it seems to be his reason for not being interested in sex. He always talks the talk, but does not seem to want sex. Sometimes we can go for over eight weeks with no sex, and this worries me. My needs are not getting met. We've talked about not always needing intercourse, doing other things to connect, but we're not getting anywhere. Any suggestions? Yeah, erectile dysfunctions, it's a serious thing for men, and it breeds a lot of shame. And I'm going to do a a series of posts on this as well. We've spoken about this in the last couple of weeks. Not just erectile dysfunction but also sexual shame. And so it can be really, really difficult for a man, particularly in our age and our culture, where we are identified by how we have sex, how we're able to have sex, how uh, How quickly we can be turned on. if If we're virile or not. Uh, you know, the erection itself, there's just some men feel a lot of pressure. So let me just talk about the psycho-emotional reasons as to why erectile dysfunction may be occurring because there are some physiological reasons as well. And so it's important that he's getting his his hormonal tests, he's looking at what's happening in his body, he's looking at his nutrition, his exercise, his movement, he's looking at his overall health. Sleep patterns are very important as well, stress. But beyond this, erectile dysfunction can be a repression. 
And the shame that he's carrying is compounded, often compounded by the erectile dysfunction, but is already existing in an area of his life and it's there already. So going deeper into that is really, really important. So what can you do? So obviously you have needs and you have, even beyond needs, you have desires. You have a desire to be intimate with your partner. And you, and you mentioned here there's other, other ways to connect. And that's a, that's a great segue or a, a warm-up also for that man to gain greater confidence in his erectile dysfunction. So I would suggest looking at something called Caretza, K-A-R-E-Z-Z-A. Pretty sure that's how it's spelled, Caretza. And that's a form of bonding and connecting that does, it does, some of it does involve intercourse, some of it doesn't, but it's a non-ejaculatory practice. So I'll let you look into that, but it could be really helpful for building intimacy in a slower and steady way without pressure. That's the important part, without pressure. And one of the books that you could read is called Cupid's Poisoned Arrow. Mm, yeah, That can be helpful. And I, I just want to highlight that in – I haven't worked with tons of men in this because men tend to go to men to talk about this, but I have had some clients and men that have come up to me in workshops and pretty much it's usually tied to an emotional thing. Mm. Rarely is it a physical issue. Sometimes the physical things are the easiest to fix, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and so I just would encourage you to support him in – looking into the emotional side of this. See, erectile dysfunction is associated with performance and or a lack of performance in the in the mind's eye of the, the the man. And that can really lower confidence and re really lower self-worth and utility. Because as men we pride ourselves on our ability to just do stuff, whatever that stuff may be, whether it's obtain an erection, provide for our family, increase our net worth, have children, whatever it may be, right? And when we when we are diminished in certain areas, it really wears us down mm-hmm. and we, we hide because that's what shame does. And so the reason why he's, you know, quote, unquote, all talk is because he obviously wants to not only impress you but also wants to satisfy you and be there for you and, and meet your needs and at the same time he's so scared. So if you can meet that with non-judgment and compassion, it's going to be really, really helpful mm. whilst honouring your needs as well. Mm. Mm. All right, we did it. Yeah. Any final words? No, I'm pretty good. Yeah. I hope people join us the 24th, yeah. christinehaster.com slash free call. And then applications for Be The Queen are christinehaster.com slash be the queen. Thanks for joining me, my love. Thanks, darling, for having me. All right, everybody, that's the show. Much love and many blessings. Until next time.